Support for Switched On Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm a songwriter, Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist, Nate Sloan. This is a very exciting summer for us. And it's all possible via JBL, who are hooking us up with the gear that we need to record on the go as Nate and I both visit friends and family for the first time in a very long time. And to kick off this season of summer songs and our new segment, Making of a Summer Hit, we've got to listen to BTS's Butter. At last. So Butter at this moment might just be the biggest single song. It has broken seemingly every record that BTS has already broken. Uh, It's their biggest debut ever. It's destroying YouTube numbers. It might even be breaking Mm. the idea of breaking records itself. It's (laughs) currently BTS's longest running number one song on Billboard's Hot 100. Right, but is it popular? It's immensely popular, and... To highlight why, I think we should just do a close listen and see what is making us wiggle and move. I am deeply down. So let's start right from the top. So the first thing I noticed is this is a song pulling on so many different generational references. And that opening drum beat for me just feels like the opening of like an 80s Prince sort of song. It's very emphatic. It's like one, two, three, four. It's almost like a a march or something. (laughs) And there's the way that the drums just hit. They're really sharp. They hit hard. They're simple, but they're great. And when we move into the next section of the song, we go right into the 90s. I don't know about you, but this is for me just like pure 90s Michael Jackson. I love how they kind of switch the the feel and the musical reference of each section. It's really fitting for a band that has seven members. It's like each one of these sections gets to highlight a different member, a different personality. It's really this kaleidoscopic kind of approach to song. And then just seconds later, we're moving from this sort of 90s feel into something which feels very contemporary, drawing from the sort of EDM, maybe some future house. Do the 
yeah, these like pulsing synthesizers feel super contemporary. It's it's another moment where you can hear BTS bringing all these decades together. And they do something else really interesting right out of the gate with the song. Hmm. Because in order to illustrate the idea that they're smooth like butter, they actually start on a very unsmooth kind of pitch, a very tense pitch. Smooth like butter. <laughs> it's the minor seventh of the key. It's very like kind of crunchy and 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 full of tension. Smooth. A little jazzy. It's like, I mean, the, the key here is A flat. Da. And then the note we start on is here. Da. Like if we sung those at the same time. Da. Ooh. That gives you a like, ooh, I don't like that dissonance. But then they go down and resolve it. Smooth like butter. And by the time we finish that phrase, butter, we've like landed on the third. <laughs> Smooth like butter. butter. Done. And it's and it's like really, really smooth and really satisfying. <laughs> so just from like the very first line in the subtle way, they're like literally illustrating how smooth they are as they smooth <laughs> out these dissonant pitches into consonant ones. Man, that is so fun. I think it's easy to sort of say, Nate, Charlie, stop overanalyzing something, which is just fun. You know, like the band member Chiman told variety that if you hear the title butter you know immediately that we tried to prepare a song that's easy listening instead of something with a really heavy mm. or profound message and yet i love getting into things that are just fun like it's fun for us to do this and i think the timing is right for this summer as more people are getting the vaccine and able to participate in society again we don't necessarily want something super heavy, mm. but just because it's a fun song doesn't mean that we can't have a lot of fun listening closely to it. And so I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if we could speak with one of the songwriters behind Butter? I actually got to speak with Jenna Andrews, who's one of the co-writers, and uh, she also vocal produced on BTS's previous hit, Dynamite. Sweet. I know it's very exciting. And one thing that surprised me about Butter is the immense amount of work that went into making just a fun song mm. and how much intention they had in all of the musical choices and even the decision to keep it light. The intention coming out of quarantine in such a, you know, obviously dark time for a lot of people. I was like, what, how cool to have a summer song that it can just make people feel happy, you know? For Jenna, making people feel happy started out just as a little melody idea that a producer had sent to her, and she believed this one little nugget of an idea could be a hit. I was like, this would be perfect for BTS. Played it for a couple other people. They did not agree. They were like, eh, it's fine. I'm like, trust me, it is amazing. It's so great. Okay, so now Jenna has to prove herself. She goes to her co-writer, Ron Perry, who pushes her to take that hook and just take it over the top so that it could be a strong follow-up to Dynamite. Ron was like, okay, now you guys have to find like an amazing concept to match how great this melody is. Here, actually, Jenna gets so excited talking about this melody that she starts pounding her nails on the table, which are, of course, decorated with little <laughs> butter icons. They're really nice. The moment of magic when we were like, okay, we have something was when Ron was like, I want something like Smooth Criminal. You've been here. So I'm just saying like, smooth like butter, like criminal undercover. When he said that, I literally just sang that and that's what happened. <laughs>
I love that. Also weird because I happen to also have nails with little butter icons on them too, but it's such a shame that we're not together right now. I want to see these. I don't know if you can handle it, Chuck. <laughs> okay, back to Jenna. Her challenge is that she has to go from this moment of inspiration, smooth like butter, this melody, and then share it with BTS and develop it together as a song. The problem is that the song was written in the peak of the pandemic, and they obviously couldn't be in the same place. I was working out of my garage. A lot of times, like, I do vocal produce on Zoom, but for Dynamite and for Butter, I did a lot of it over WhatsApp. It was our only way of communication. So she's working from her garage in New Jersey and sending voice notes to her other songwriters and BTS and Seoul. And they collaborate in this way with everyone singing ideas into their phones and texting about what works all through translation. I recorded a lot of the harmonies and the ad-libs and stuff, and I would send them, hey, do you like this part or do you like this part? And they'd be like, we like this, we don't like this. And then obviously the stuff they liked, they would cut and we did it that way. And it went back and forth like this almost endlessly. In fact, I asked Jenna how many voice notes it took to make this song. Honestly, there were so many different, uh, like, voice. I mean, I would probably, like, have 300. No, really, she pulled up her phone for me and just, like, kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I was blown away how much effort went into making a two-minute and 44-second fun summer song. I can tell you that we did probably around 50 rewrites. (laughs) Yeah. I love that insight because it reveals how to create something that sounds totally effortless and like it just came off the top of your head. You have to laboriously like try every idea and every iteration until you get just the right kind of summer levity. Totally. And you can hear it in how the production in this song is smoothed out. There is not one section of lull. Every little moment is filled in. And the challenge is how do you go from moment of inspiration into this built out project? Hmm. For Jenna, it was all about taking that initial idea and going deeper into the Michael Jackson illusions. What immediately went through my mind was like, okay, this would be really cool to give a nod to all the 90s references. A bunch of stuff that's going to make people feel nostalgic. So they run with the Michael Jackson idea and sprinkle his sound throughout in all of these passing references. The rock with me, obviously rock with you. It's like, you know, similar. I feel like that was, but it, it makes you think of that era, you know, and I feel like it makes you think of Michael, even with like in the pre-chorus when it's like, when I look in the mirror. It's like just tiny little references that I feel like people might recognize. One of the subtler references I caught while listening to the instrumental version of the song includes all these vocal ad-libs, which are very MJ to me. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Shaman! Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And so I asked Jenna if this was an intentional nod. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course that's intentional. I mean, in, in, in this, but it's like, it's not even like intentional in the sense that like, hey, let's add those parts because it's nostalgic. It just felt very, like it just, it just felt right to, to, to do it that way. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like, that, that's what the song deserved in terms of the performance. You know, hearing Jenna talk about this makes me think about how Michael Jackson as an individual has such uh, a tough and complicated legacy. 
But at the same time, you know, his musical innovations are like an indelible part of the fabric of popular music. And, you know, whatever we think of him, however, maybe disturbed or upset we are by him, like when we hear those sounds, I don't know about you, I can't help but feel that sense of nostalgia and like, honestly, familiarity that I can't deny. And, you know, it's not the only reference that is bringing about nostalgia in this song. Michael's not the only inspiration. Butter kind of plays like this great 90s playlist of references because they wanted the song to reach the broadest audience possible. That's why the Usher, I, you know, thought of the Usher line. Don't need no Usher. Don't need no Usher to remind me you got it bad. Yeah. You remind me of a girl. But you remind me of a I was like, oh, that'd be so cool because I was like, so many people will be able to, you know, feel like that reminds them of their childhood. Yeah. Hearing Jenna talk about these references, it's like I'm just moving back and back in time to my middle school dance floor. (laughs) And it's starting to make me understand why I dig this song so much. This is great. You know, one of the parts that really takes me into my nostalgic moment is uh, Ron Perry, one of Jenna's co-writers on the song. He even threw in some talk box as an homage to Daft Punk, who, of course, recently disbanded after 28 years and are like, you know, my dance party heroes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, very harder, better, faster, stronger. Yep. And if you're uh, playing Charlie Bingo at home, you know, just cross out that Daft Punk square. Got to men- gotta mention it every episode, Chuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I know. It's great. It's I never will be sorry to hear a talk box in the middle of a number one <laughs> pop hit. There's just so much fun stuff here. There's, of course, even a nod to the BTS's fandom called ARMY. Moving with the bass low. Go ARMY right behind us when we say so. And I'm sure there's all kinds of other BTS references I'm missing that others will find. But something that struck me about the song is that as big as the song gets in the chorus, it's actually sprinkled with space. Hmm. Lots of instrumental silences where the voices really stand out. I asked Jenna, what's up with all that blank space? One of the reasons why I feel like we chose to do that is because they are amazing singers. And I feel like this was a a good, a great opportunity to see just how great they are. The verse, it's basically just the drum in their voice. It's pretty crazy. Beyond, obviously, just their collaboration and vocal performances, I was thinking about what makes this song distinctly BTS. And the one thing that kept coming back to me was what we were talking about at the beginning of our conversation that they have this amazing way of bridging musical styles, not just song by song, but even like section by section. So I ran my theory about the like 80s Prince, 90s MJ and 2000s EDM by Jenna and she loved it. So we're crossing generations in the musical sonic sound space and the lyrics. Love it. When I was speaking with Jenna, it was just days after the release of Butter and she was totally vibing off the energy. But when I asked her about where her head was at, She brought it all back to the group. I feel very grateful to be a part of this journey with with BTS. 
it was like the nails stopped clacking on the table. She was just like, this was a moment. It was a summer <laughs> moment. You know, the thing is, I really love this song. But here's the funny thing, Nate, is that in the BTS fandom, it's both celebrated for breaking records and for its obvious fun summer bop qualities. But some people are also bothered that their biggest radio hits are their singles in English when BTS have such a deep repertoire. Hmm. There's actually this meme that captures this idea perfectly. I want to show it to you. Uh, here's an image from Purple Soldier on Twitter. So can you describe to me what you're seeing? Okay, I'm looking at this cartoon. It's like a Trojan horse in front of a castle. Right. And the head of the, the Trojan horse has this text, fun summer bop in English. The Trojan <laughs> horse is being brought in by BTS and ARMY, and it's being met at the door by people who didn't want to give BTS a chance because it wasn't in English. <laughs> and inside of the Trojan horse, the secret that they're smuggling in is a rich, varied, and top-tier discography in Korean. How'd I do? Perfectly. And it turns out that you and I are really slow to pick up on this meme. That meme has been around since Dynamite. I'm Bora. I'm a huge BTS fan. I'm what you call a translator. Bora is a very well-known figure in the BTS fandom for her prolific contributions to translating everything BTS-related. Hmm. And she explained to me that she hopes that songs like Butter help listeners like you and me go much deeper. People who may not have known who BTS was or have never ever listened to their music, they listen to Dynamite and then say, hmm, what else do they have out there? And, you know, we call that falling into the rabbit hole. They just dive in and they just never come out. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to invite Bora onto the show, not just to open up the Trojan horse, but also because she's been one of our chief critics of the show, appropriately calling us out for our lackluster coverage of BTS, especially their music and lyrics in comparison to other pop acts that we cover. So when we come back, Bora's going to take us down the BTS rabbit hole. This is exciting. Support for Switched on Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you were an Intuit fan and you are missing Sam Sanders, then have no fear. He's back with another great pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture. From Elon Musk and foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup to Usher's Super Bowl halftime show, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. They're currently doing a series called Hey Sis, where they're highlighting the compelling stories of black women and their achievements. They're being joined by special guests Regina King, Audie Cornish, Raquel Willis, and more. Vibe Check is your favorite group chat come to life. You can join the Weekly Kiki every Wednesday. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. Can't believe Sam made me say Kiki. I thought what we could do together mm -hmm. is open up that Trojan horse. Awesome. You've selected a whole playlist of music that you think our listeners should listen to. We're going to listen to three songs today. Cool. We'll share the entire playlist afterwards. Awesome. And I just want to say that choosing that playlist was really hard. And I try to <laughs> yeah. focus it more because, you know, it's it's the summer and butter is kind of like the song of the summer. Right. So I, I wanted to go for more like hype songs. So this is the primarily Korean lyric yes. alternative to yes. butter song <laughs> of summer playlist yes. of great BTS songs. Yes. Okay. 
The first song that you brought us is off of their 2020 record, B, which mm-hmm. Dynamite was also on. Mm-hmm. The song is called Disease. Disease with a hyphen. Diz hyphen ease. Okay. And that's important. Yeah. So this song clearly has multiple meanings. Yes. Let's start with the opening where J-Hope is, opens the song. Oh. But immediately, I'm drawn into the way in which he uses flow and timbre, where each word has not just a different emphasis, but a different sound to that emphasis that clearly is making some kind of comment that I'm not able to discern. Help me out. Right. So the entire B album was written and made during the pandemic. Right. The entire album is kind of expressing the discomfort, the anxiety, the nervousness, the sort of about like the uncertainty of the future. And this song is perfect. This song, it's talking not only about disease, like an illness that we may feel, but like Diz, the hyphen ease is talking about the unease that we're all feeling during this this pandemic. And actually, the Korean title is called Pyong, which has two meanings. One is a bottle and the other is illness. And so there's, you know, that kind of wordplay uh, as well. So like feeling bottled up, like mm-hmm. constrained right. and right. The, the concern of, okay, yeah. illness, wow. Yeah. And is there a lyric here in this opening bit that you wanted to highlight? So in the opening, he's he's basically saying, and this is Tulsa Pangtan's translation. We call her the queen of the lyrics. I feel like I missed something. With a sip of coffee, I swallowed down my uneasiness, an endless rest, the uncomfortable happiness that has come to me suddenly. 24 hours, I have so much time. Even if I sleep all day, there's no problem now. It feels like I should be doing something to the point where my body shatters, but I'm just a bastard who eats all three meals a day. Which is like, you know, all of us sort of had like this busy lifestyle before the pandemic and we're all we're all stressed about working so much. But now that we don't have that work, we're not going out and working. We also so feel as that, that pressure of like, hey, I should be doing something right now. I should be working. But what am I doing? And that kind of uncomfortable um, feelings. And mm. this song is like kind of like a perfect exhibit of that. The song seems to have this contrast in it where musically it's very laid back it feels really comforting but the whole thing is about discomfort disease and the lyrics are quite heavy a lot of bts's songs are that way where they're absolute bops but if you actually take the time to go through the lyric translations A lot of them are very heavy subjects. They talk a lot about mental health. They talk a lot about anxiety. A lot of their songs, especially their earlier ones, have to do with social political commentary. You're sort of drawn into the sound, but once you get into the music and the lyrics and their messages, it does have a multi-layered meaning to it. Speaking of their earlier work and making commentary, you also brought us the song Silver Spoon. When it comes to the spoon theory, that's actually in Korea, where they have four different types of spoons to describe your socioeconomic status. There's dirt spoons, there's bronze spoons, silver spoons, and gold spoons, with gold spoons being the wealthiest. And the English title silver spoon is kind of based on being born with a silver spoon in your mouth. So that's kind of why they use the English title that way.
it's funny because not only this is a song about like the their criticism about the the older generations and them not acknowledging that like they had a they had a a factor in why millennials and the younger generations aren't quote unquote doing as as well as they are. Mm. But BTS themselves were known as the dirt spoons of the music industry when uh. because they came from a very very small company in an industry that was dominated by the artists from three major companies in Korea. They basically really crawl their way up and gain more and more fans as they release more and more albums from 2013 to I would say like around 2015 BTS was relatively not that popular in huh. Korea they were actually more popular abroad and the more overseas success they got the more the Korean general public and the media mm. started to pay attention mm. to them how are we hearing their commentary on both their own class position and, and class theory more generally within Silver Spoon? So the lyrics are really about like this current generation's lack of financial stability. And this this song came out in 2015. It was pretty relatable then and it's pretty relatable now. I think for anyone who's a millennial or maybe even younger, they kind of understand like when the so-called boomers are kind of like, oh, you just need to work harder. You just need to do more of this. And we're all kind of like staring at them like, no, that's that's not it. Like, you guys made this environment for us. You have to, you know, sort of acknowledge that and own up to it. Like, we can't afford a house. People are not getting married in Korea. They're not having kids. They are having trouble buying a house. And all of that is because of the conditions that the older generations had set. The lyrics that we listen to where he's saying, at a part-time job, it's all for experience. You know, what they're saying is... We're, we're doing all these jobs. We're not getting paid for them because we're told to do passion pay. And passion pay in Korea is like a specific term. It's when companies are basically exploiting labor from young people where it's like, oh, you can gain experience, but we're not going to pay you. Oh, the classic <laughs> unpaid internship. Exactly. Yeah, very good yeah. at doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and everybody relates to it, right? Like they're saying, oh, you're so lucky you got this internship. You're going to gain all of this experience. But you're not going to make any money from it. And because you're not making money from it, you're not going to be able to, you know, get a house or buy a house or get right. married and have kids. And yeah. Right. There are multiple metaphors here mm -hmm. about class. There's the spoon theory, but there is also this very curious translation about a series of birds that I honestly don't totally understand. Yeah. Can you, can you share this with me? Yeah. So Pepsi the title is based on this Korean proverb saying, which basically means if a crow tit or, or parrot bill, depending on which terminology you want to use. Type of bird. Yeah, it's a type of bird. Tries to walk like a stork, it will rip their crotch or like split their legs. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's basically describing someone who like goes beyond their capacity, like tries too hard, and they're just gonna like go past their limits. The proverb is basically saying, "Stay in your lane." Um, huh. Yeah. Wait, and so then how are they playing off of this proverb? So basically, here BTS is the crow tit, the bird with the stubby legs, and right. they're basically overworking themselves to take over the storks, right? Like I said, they were dirt spoons trying to make it in an industry who was basically telling them, no, we don't want you, you're never going to succeed, mm -hmm. and they made it that way. And they're also, this song was written in 2015, where they were quite young, in mm -hmm. their 20, early, very early 20s, mm -hmm. some in their teens, and they're saying like, we are working our asses off and yeah. we are going to succeed as well. So, you know, 
But it seems to be there's almost even commentary sort of here about like burnout culture. Like sure you can take unpaid internships mm-hmm. and work forever mm-hmm. and like but the reality is like if you if you work too hard, like you might actually just like fall flat on your face. Exactly. From exhaustion. But we're gonna try. I feel like that message is realized in the third song that yes. you brought us called Dope. Dope. Yeah, or Jada. <laughs> RM's flow is amazing. Incredible. One of the greatest rappers and lyricists ever. I don't even know what I'm experiencing. (laughs) I mean, I do know what I'm experiencing. I'm feeling like high energy, confidence, Mm -hmm. but also some angst. Like I'm hearing that, but I don't know exactly what I'm hearing. Right. So the lyrics, I specifically wanted to sort of highlight these lyrics because I think it really relates to what we talked about, class theory and like the criticism on socioeconomics in Korea, but also the world. So here RM is singing about sampo generation, opo generation. Then since I like beef jerky, let me be yukpo generation. I don't know what you're saying. Right. So sampo generation Sam has to do with the number three, okay. O has to do with the number five, and Yuk has to do with the number six. And these okay. are all essentials that basically the generations are giving up. So samposade is a term that was given by the Korean media to younger generations, that they're the generation that gave up the three essentials, which are relationships, marriage, and kids. And then they made up this other term, oposade, or five essential generation because they gave up five essentials of life, which is the relationships, marriage, kids. But now we're adding housing and a social life because they're just too busy working and trying to make it and survive. You don't even have the five essentials. You don't even have the five essentials. RM is saying, oh, we're actually the yukposade, which is the six essentials. We're not only giving up relationships, you know, a family, uh, marriage and kids and um, housing housing and social lives, but we're also giving up our dreams. Mm. The beef jerky line, I think people get a little bit confused about. Yeah, because you can also mean six, but with Korean, there's always multiple meanings. So Uh. you also mean beef. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there's like this really, you know, kind of clever wordplay there. Since I like beef jerky, are you going to call me yukposede now? Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. All right. I would. Yeah. When I read the lyric translation mm-hmm. without the additional commentary. I was like, beef jerky. I had no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, and, yeah. and it, so I know I know Big Hit Music, which is their label. Um, this was one of their title tracks that they released a music video for. And it's actually one of the, I think this music video was one where it sort of brought a lot of Western YouTubers and Western, like there's a ton, a ton of reaction videos and because it has really intricate choreography. It's a great music video. And, you know, like the, the you know, the brass sounds and are, are fantastic. Yeah. And so um, when you turn the t- subtitles on and you see the subtitles, people really <laughs> don't understand like what they're saying. And that's why if you become a fan, like you really have to go like take that extra step and go deeper into the lyrics and understand mm-hmm. all of this context. Mm. And so this song here is unpacking this idea that the current generation isn't able to provide the the basics of life and BTS are a stand-in for people because even at this point, this is 2015, so they're mm-hmm. still part of – this is like their global rise, but they're still the underdog. And so 100%. fans are seeing their perspective within this group who are iconoclastic within the larger K-pop music industry. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's exactly it. Yeah. 
I mean, this song is such a hype song. And again, like, you're listening to it, you're like bopping your head, you may not know what, what the lyrics are saying. But once you actually read the lyrics, it's like, you know, a, a to- totally different, like, you know, yeah. message in there. Layers of meaning, yes. for sure. Okay, so if people want to go and get deeper into finding places to experience the cultural context of translation, mm-hmm. where should they go? We are really blessed as a fandom where we have a multitude of translators who are fantastic at lyric translations. Mm. The ones that I've been reading are from the Queen of Lyrics, Tulsep Pangtan. Mm-hmm. She has her own blog where she's basically translated every single song that they've ever released. Oh. Another one is Tuyu Bangtan, Army Salon. Yeah, there are a few. There and Pangtan okay. tra- Chans who have been translating since 2013. So got it. There are a lot of translators. So this is like this is like people who are really into the classics yeah. it's like you can't read just one translation of the Iliad yeah. you have to read a couple right. of them because right. there's many different takes on it yeah and also with translations every translator has their own style mm-hmm. um, I have my style you know Dulcet has her own Wisha has her own and it's always great to read more than two just because whatever I think is more important they might not think is important or they might think is a different thing is important or they might interpret it a little bit differently so it's always best to read multiple translations to have like a very full understanding of what the lyrics are. And I will also plug Genius here because I think Genius has also been doing a good job recently. Their Genius Korea team, you know, shout out to Mikey. They've really been working hard and making sure the translations are more nuanced than than previous times. And also to make sure that they allow um, like people to like write annotations and stuff and where they're explaining the context and the nuance. Those are all great resources. Mm-hmm. In addition to these three songs that we've listened to together, Disease, Silver Spoon, and Dope, you've put together a whole list of songs you think people got to dive into. <laughs> it's more than 10. I was wrong. I have 15 songs. Butter's at the top because that's the Trojan horse. Right. 14 other songs. So we'll post all of the resources to the translations Mm -hmm. as well as your playlist Mm -hmm. in our show notes Mm -hmm. and on our website. Perfect. Bora, it is so much fun speaking with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Switched on Pop is produced by Nate Sloan, Megan Lubin, and me, Charlie Harding. Our editor is Julie Myers. We're engineered by Brandon McFarland. Illustrations by Iris Gottlieb. Social media by Abby Barr. And our executive producers are Nishat Kurwa and Hannah Rosen. We're a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture. Big ups to JBL for making our summer series possible. And you can find more episodes both in our Making a Summer Hit series. You can find it all on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere you get podcasts, including our website, switchedonpop.com. You can catch us on social media at Switched on Pop. And though we usually drop new episodes on Tuesday, this week we'll actually be doing a special release on Friday. We're chatting with Lucy Dacus, one of my favorite songwriters right now, about her new record, Home Video. So check that out on Friday. And until then, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.
Support for Switched on Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts.